Hello, welcome. I'm Bryn, and this is Bryn's Avatar Ramblings. Today, we're going to be talking about something that is probably not interesting to anybody but me, and we're going to be talking about the symbolism of hair in Atla in particular. I'll touch on the Atla comics a little bit, but probably not going to get into uh, Legend of Korra that much because that's just a whole different ballpark. So we're going to focus on Atla. So the biggest and most obvious uh, example of hair symbolism in Atla is with Zuko. So we will, of course, be spending time talking about Zuko. However, there are some other people who we could talk about hair with, right? So we can talk about Katara, and we will talk about Katara. We'll talk about Sokka. We'll talk about Aang, because believe it or not, yes, Aang has air hair symbolism too. Uh, we'll also touch on Iroh um, and Azula a little bit. And so... We're going to get into a lot of things today, so I hope you enjoy, relax, listen, and I hope you watch Atla after this. Alright, let's start with Zuko. So Zuko obviously goes from that really annoying ponytail that everyone hates to cutting that off and being bald for like three seconds, and then he starts growing his hair in, and eventually he's crowned Fire Lord and has starts putting it up in a ponytail. And then by the comics, it's starting to grow back out again, but he's keeping that Fire Nation ponytail, right? So let's talk about the significance of hair in an Agni Kai. Typically after someone in the Fire Nation loses an Agni Kai, they'll shave off or cut off portions of their hair because hair in the Fire Nation is extremely related to your, um, your rank and your honor. So having your hair in a ponytail and having hair at all is seen as being very honorable. Uh, you actually see this a lot uh, in the Kiyoshi novels too, so I really recommend you read that. At some point I will talk about those, but I want to reread them first because I've only read them once. Anyways, so Zuko, as a child, we see him with a full head of hair in a ponytail. And this is because he doesn't really have any rank yet. He is honorable still, but he doesn't really have any any sort of, uh, of rank or any reason to put his hair up in that like bun-style ponytail versus just having it in a ponytail. After he loses the Agni Kai, it symbolizes him losing his honor as he cuts off his hair, or shaves off his head, and just has the ponytail, and the rest of his head is bald, which everybody hates. And you gotta respect it, because that's, uh, that's a really big move for a kid who's 13 to shave your head, because your father told you you weren't honorable anymore. Like, come on now. Um, so... Then we, we start to get into the nitty-gritty of the hair detail with Zuko. So when he decides he no longer wants to be affiliated with the Fire Nation, that is simultaneously him saying that he is no longer honorable and therefore does not deserve to keep his hair, right? That was the hair that he had been in the Fire Nation with. That was a ponytail. That was the style. So he cuts it off, and he cuts it off with the knife, that is uh, that really important knife that says don't give up without a fight. So it's, it's, it's this very symbolic moment in the show. And it's very clear when you watch the show that is, that is a big deal. He's cutting off his hair and he's putting it in this river with his uncle Iroh. It's, it's a really big moment. And I think it's not wildly out of the realm of, of normal to realize that that's an important part of the show, right? Because they do make a big deal out of it. And it's like, it's a big moment. Um, but yeah, so then he's bald, which is kind of like, oh, great. Nobody liked that either. 
And then his hair starts growing in. The interesting thing is he does not put it in a ponytail. Why? Well, because that's simultaneously saying that he's a part of the Fire Nation. And that's something that's really interesting because he's very clearly made a choice in his mind that he is no longer a Fire Nation citizen, almost. He, of course, is, is more reluctant than Iroh, but that's simply because Iroh has lived in the Fire Nation longer and knows kind of the, the deal of the Fire Nation a little bit more than Zuko does, right? But it is still this big thing of having his hair grow back and not putting it up because that's seen as very dishonorable and not very Fire Nation-like at all. You would never have your hair fully down if you were in the Fire Nation, right? So, obviously, then we see him put it back up in the ponytail when he's the Fire Lord. I think I've talked enough about what the ponytail means by now because God knows nobody needs to hear that. We're going to come back to Zuko later. Don't you worry. We're not done with him yet. We're going to talk about him in tandem with Azula. Next, though, we're going to touch on Iroh. So Iroh has a very similar story to Zuko. Doesn't shave his head, but he does cut off his uh, top knot like Zuko does. Puts in the river with the same knife, blah, blah, blah. What's interesting about Iroh is that in the Earth Kingdom, when he's working in the tea shop, there comes a time where he braids his hair. And that is, that is a Earth Kingdom move. Iroh, in doing that, in my opinion, Iroh is fully submitting to the idea that he is no longer Fire Nation and that he would rather affiliate with the Earth Kingdom. He is making an effort to adopt their style, more so than just wearing the clothes, more so than and than living, living there. He is a, making an effort to change the way he looks in order to fit in and, and feel like he is Earth Kingdom. So the fact that he, he did change his hair... He braided it in the Earth Kingdom way. So it's really neat. It's a really neat moment. If you haven't noticed that, I really, I think it's a very nice thing to pick up on because it, it really does hit pretty hard when you see it because it's, it's a big deal. And then when he is with the White Lotus and they are taking back over the Bossings, yeah, Bossing say, he puts his hair back up in a top knot because he's honorable. He wants to affiliate with this, uh, the Fire Nation again because it's not a dishonorable thing. He's having Zuko take it over. It's, it's great. It's happy, fun times for everyone. We love it. Iroh is perfect. That is all. <laughs> we'll talk about Katara next because I think Katara has some interesting hair symbolism as well. So her journey is that she goes from the braided hairstyle of southern water tribe very typical uh to having her hair down actually for a, a good while and and when she her hair is down initially we see it a few times in book one and in the beginning of book two that's also symbolic is when she has her hair down or her hair falls down or any of those things and then she has those like I don't even know what to call them the little hair tufts that stick out in front when she's Fire Nation, obviously she has a top knot, but it's, it's different. And then in the comics, actually, she has a really interesting hairstyle. And this is one of my favorite details about the graphic novels is that they gave her this hairstyle. And that is that she has both the little tufts that are hanging out in front of the rest of her hair, like she did in the Fire Nation, as well as hair loopies and her hair is down. So let's start with the braids. So that's 
pretty self-explanatory. I don't really think we need to go into that. That's traditionally cultural wise. Like that's not surprising that Katara would wear her hair like that and continue to wear her hair like that. It's easy. It's her style. It's what we know her as, right? Fine. When her hair comes down, um, definitely when she's fighting Paku and definitely when she's fighting in the Crystal Catacombs and probably other times too that I can't remember because I haven't seen the show in a little while. I'm rewatching it right now. Um, it kind of symbolizes that she's putting up a fight, that she's she doesn't need to be so perfect and so tightly wound all the time like a braid would be. It's okay for her hair to fall loose and it's okay for her to take a deep breath and just do what's right and act upon instinct, which is not Katara. Like, we have a whole episode about how much Katara hates instinct, but when she's fighting, she really is relying on that internal strength and that internal instinct that she has. So that's kind of the balance between having her hair down and having it up. And then the Fire Nation hairstyle with the tufts in front, obviously so that she can fit into the Fire Nation. However, it is also kind of interesting because it's a character shift because she's starting to consciously wear her hair down, which is not what she used to do, right? So She's got her hair down, she's got it tied in these tufts, she's also got it in a top knot, but that is again to fit in with the Fire Nation, not so much to symbolize her honor like they did with the, with Zuko or with people that are born in the Fire Nation, like whatever. It's different, like, whatever. So, then in the graphic novels, and this is the part I really wanted to talk about with Katara because it's so good, it's so smart, I love that they did this. She's got both the little tufts from the Fire Nation as well as the hair loopies and her hair's down. So obviously her hair's down is kind of like her like stepping into her like final form almost that she's able to take a deep breath and she's still able to perform her goals and do her duties and she's still herself, right? Like at the core of it, she's not losing her culture but she's adopting her own personal culture in a lot of ways. And we see that with the hair loopies. She keeps her little hair loopies even in the graphic novels. That is something she picks back up because that's not something she was wearing when she was hanging out in the Fire Nation, right? Because you can't. That is so traditionally Water Tribe. You could never hang out like that in the Fire Nation. Come on now. And then she keeps the Fire Nation tough. So what does that mean? Because that's a really really bold choice because I'm sure her time in the Fire Nation was not something that she particularly wanted to remember. Like that was not great for a child to be like hanging out in the Fire Nation, throwing parties in caves and like sneaking around and whatever. But it is a part of Katara. It is part of who she is. She grew a lot in book three while they were in the Fire Nation. So the fact that she continues to adopt that Fire Nation hairstyle is it's really, it's really deep and really significant to her character as well as her character growth throughout the story, as well as to how she's adopting many cultures. We talk a lot in the graphic novels about the blending of cultures because that's something initially Aang is very against and Katara is very for. And that's something that's also represented in her combination hairstyle is the fact that she's representing herself the Water Tribe, and the Fire Nation. And I believe that she would be representing the other two nations as well, 
But in order to uh, represent Air Nation, you need to shave your head. And Earth Kingdom is a little bit harder to match. And she didn't spend a whole lot of time there anyways. At least not in a way that she needed to adopt culture. So it doesn't make sense that she'd be representing those two countries. Or, yeah, countries. Nations. <laughs> right. And then, obviously, fire and air are different. She had differences with Zuko. It's all very representative. Blah, blah, blah. You get the point. It's fine. We're not going to worry about it. It's good. Just, like... Read the graphic novels and appreciate her hairstyle because it's it's really top tier in my opinion. So then, since we're at Katara, we'll move on to Sokka next. Sokka, uh, mm, he's got his wolf tail, which I think is hilarious. It's very him. It's very him. And most most of what I have to say about Sokka isn't as as heavy or deep as Katara, and that's because he does keep generally the same style the entire show. He grows it out a bit and puts it in a top knot instead of a ponytail when he's living in the Fire Nation. But other than that, he doesn't really change his style too much. There is a couple of times where he has his hair down, which is really what I want to talk about because I think it's funny. Um, everybody always jokes that Sokka with his hair down is so much is so much better than Sokka with his hair up. Um... And so I think it's funny that when Suki's supposed to be visiting Sokka in his tent that he has his hair down because I think it's almost like he knows that. And that's not really symbolism, but come on, we gotta appreciate Sokka. He's great. So I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say about Sokka. I think we can move right along and just give Sokka a nice big thumbs up for being cool. Aang. Aang is bald throughout the entire show, pretty much, right? Like, duh. Except when he's asleep and he grows hair and he continues to keep it. So what would be the significance of him keeping his hair? It's obviously to keep him undercover. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It symbolizes a loss of his identity. When he almost dies, he gets really scared. He gets really scared to, to be the Avatar and to not be fulfilling his duties. He feels like he needs to take on the Fire Lord on his own. He feels like like there are these like big mental challenges that come to Aang after he almost dies and after he puts his friends in danger and his hair grows out. And so, yes, he's using it for cover, duh. But also it's more than that. It's him showing that he needs to showing that he needs to be different and it, it shows him going through growth his hair is growing and so is his personality he tackles a lot of challenging themes in this time even if they aren't as obvious or even if they aren't as uh thoroughly discussed as maybe other things in the show he's definitely going through these changes and that's part of what makes the finale of the show so powerful is that he shaves off his hair and we get this moment of him shaving off his hair and it's very intense in my opinion like there it shouldn't be that big of a deal for a, a kid to cut his hair but it is and they show it in the show for a reason and that's because he's come to his decision he's found his mental spot and he's come to peace with what he knows he needs to do even before he gets on the lion turtle he knows that he can't kill Ozai he knows that he's already come to terms with it he's already finished his mental changes and so he shaves his hair and that is that that's all the changes of Aang's hair that we have, though, so there's nothing else to really talk about with him. Um, I think Azula is the only one that's 
really left to talk about. So we'll talk about Azula, and then like I said, we're going to touch back on Zuko as we go through Azula, because there is a lot of overarching stuff that needs to be talked about. So obviously Azula doesn't have a whole lot of moments. She doesn't change her hairstyle in the show really at all, and I mean, yeah, what you gonna do? Her hair is down a few times. It doesn't mean much. It's usually in a lax state. It's like when she's getting ready for bed or like when she's getting her hair brushed. Like it's not really a big deal most of the time. There are two times in particular though that it is kind of a big deal and the first would be in one of the first encounters we see with her with Lee and Lo where her hair is out of place. One hair is out of place and then one of, Lee or Lo, who can tell the difference really, says something about it to her and she's, Lee, go, Lee or Lo goes, Almost perfect, just one hair out of place. And then we see Azula's hand swipe and move the hair back. In this part of the show, well, in the entirety of the show, hair symbolizes perfection. If your hair is in the right place, if it's placed correctly, if it's perfect and you look good and you... Not one hair out of place, you are perfect. And that's a really big theme in the, the entire show that we keep coming back to, we keep seeing over and over and over again, right? Is that this hair and hairs out of place and one single hair can symbolize flaws, can symbolize weakness, especially to Azula, especially to Azula. And you see it in that like second scene that you see with Azula. It's, it's just this really great moment that you get with her where it's like one hair is out of place and that theme keeps running throughout the entire show where not one hair is ever out of place for Azula except when she chops her hair when she goes insane and she chops her hair all of her hair is out of place her hair is cut sideways her bangs are weird it's not put up properly into a ponytail because it isn't symbolizing her honor anymore it's symbolizing her insanity in symbolizing the fact that Azula has gone so crazy that that perfect girl who couldn't have one hair out of place is gone. That isn't her anymore. And that's the beauty of the hair symbolism in Atla. Because you get a lot of beautiful moments with characterization. And you get a lot of beautiful cultural references and changes in personality and demonstrations of how a character has grown. But furthermore, you see how they articulate a character's inner moments and inner beliefs through the changes in their hairstyle. And so, the reason I wanted to bring back Zuko is that when he gets crowned as the Fire Lord, as well as in the graphic novels, his hair is up in a ponytail, sure, but there are still little pieces of hair that are hanging out. His hair doesn't fit all into... The bun, even when he comes back to the Fire Nation in the beginning of season three, not all of his hair fits in that bun. It's not all perfect. Hairs are out of place. And that is the crucial difference between Zuko and Azula, really demonstrated with something so simple as a piece of hair. Azula went as far as to have an undercut, which is just when part of your hair under where a ponytail would be is cut off, so that she wouldn't have hair out of place. So that all of her hair would fit in her ponytail and she wouldn't have anything like that. <sighs> I think that just about sums it up, though. 
yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to understand. There's a lot to comprehend. But I do hope you enjoyed listening. I do hope you learned something new or had a new realization about Atla. And I hope you go back and watch the show with a new appreciation. And I hope you read the graphic novels with a new appreciation too, because there are a lot of good moments in that as well. And I hope you watch Atla and figure out these small details where one hair is out of place and what that might mean for a character development. And with that, I'd like, I'd like to thank you very much for watching. I hope you had a wonderful time and I will see you in the next one. All right, bye. Stop.